Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. We are beginning a new message series today uh, from the Gospel of Matthew called Jesus the Master Teacher. Now, Jesus was many things, right? Jesus was a prophet. He was a healer. He was a miracle worker. He was the Son of God. But he was also a teacher. In fact, Jesus was the very best teacher who ever walked this planet. He was the master teacher, teaching spiritual truths about God and God's kingdom with astonishing simplicity, clarity, and authority. Now, we already looked at a major block of Jesus' teachings uh, way back in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. That's when we uh, looked at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount together. That was a number of years ago. This new block of teaching here in chapters 18 through 20 actually corresponds with that earlier block of teaching and the overall structure of Matthew's gospel. In fact, when you look at the structure of Matthew's gospel, you find what we might even call a mirror effect between the opening chapters of the gospel and then the closing chapters. We'll put a slide up here, try to show this to you. You know, the first two chapters in the gospel of Matthew deal with what? Jesus' birth. And if you jump to the end, what do the closing chapters deal with? Jesus' death and resurrection. There's a mirror effect there, right? Now, you take one step forward from the start and one step backward from the end. What do you get? Chapters 3 and 4 deal with Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Chapters 21 through 25 deal with Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem. You take another step forward, another step back. Chapters 5 through 7, that was the Sermon on the Mount, a large block of teaching. Now, we're in chapters 18 through 20, corresponds with that. Jesus, the master teacher. Uh, Chapters 8 through 12, Miracles and Conflict, chapters 14 through 17, Miracles and Controversy. And then right in the center of the whole gospel, you have the parables of the kingdom, which really tells us uh, that the gospel of Matthew is all about the kingdom of God and uh, what Jesus is teaching us. This type of structure is something that we call a chiasm. And a chiasm is simply a way uh, that an author orders their material in such a way that the structure flows forward to a central point and then reverses itself Uh, as it flows towards the ending point. And chiasms like this, they're all over the Bible. Uh, They're a very common structure that we find in Scripture. Well, our passage today, as we begin this new block of teaching, Jesus, the Master Teacher, it's a very familiar passage. It's a passage that deals with Jesus and children. That's why we sing, Jesus loves me this morning. You say, we don't usually sing that in church. Well, this is a good Sunday to sing that. And we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. We're also going to be jumping ahead to chapter 19 and verses 13 through 15. But we're just going to read from chapter 18, verses 1 through 5, as we get started. Will you please stand with me uh, for the reading of God's Word? Matthew 18, beginning at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we come to your word this morning, uh, as we uh, listen to your teaching, Lord Jesus, as recorded for us here in this gospel, Lord, I pray that you would indeed humble our hearts uh, like little children, that we might hear the truth that you have for each one of us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. You know, today's verses are such a beautiful set of passages. The main idea in these verses is a simple one. Jesus loves the little children, and so should we. These verses teach us the importance of children. They teach us God's great love for children, Jesus' love for children, the example that children can set for us, and then also our own responsibility for the children that God has placed around us and in our own lives. These verses have been the inspiration for many songs and poems and paintings over the years, such as Jesus loves the little children and Jesus loves me that we sang earlier. Our passage today begins when Jesus' disciples come to him and they ask him, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus responds to their question by calling a little child and having him stand among them. And using this little child, Jesus teaches them a series of lessons, all having to do with children. There's an outline in your worship guide this morning, if you'd like to take that out at this time. It uh, highlights all four lessons from children that we're going to be looking at today in the course of the message. And the first lesson is this. It is an essential one. First lesson, you must change. You must change. Look at verses 1 through 3 with me. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what's going on here? Well, the disciples are sort of jockeying for position here, right, aren't they? You know, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I'm guessing uh, they probably thought it was one of them, right? Now, this topic of discussion among the disciples, that comes up a number of times in the Gospels about who's the greatest. This seemed to be a really important question for them. And perhaps the question here was prompted by some of the things that had just taken place, Jesus only taking three of them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, perhaps they were jealous of Peter walking on the water. You know, they're seeing, hey, you know, some things are happening to some of the disciples don't happen to all of us. The problem here, though, is that they are thinking of God's kingdom in earthly things earthly terms rather than in heavenly terms. And you know what? The very fact that they ask this question shows that they have no idea. They have no no idea what the kingdom of heaven is even all about. The disciples' problem here is pride, thinking that they were more important than others, wondering which one of them might be the most important of all of each other. So they come to Jesus and they ask him, okay, we want to know. Tell us, who's the greatest? 
Who's the greatest? Let's put it out on the table right now. So how does Jesus respond? I love this. He calls a little child and has this little child stand among them. You, you just imagine, can you picture this? Here's this little kid standing uh, uh, in the center of a room surrounded by all of these big, burly, grown men all arguing about which one of them is the greatest. And Jesus puts this child right in the middle of them. He says, hey, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says you must change. You might wonder, well, what's wrong with the way I am? Jesus says you cannot remain the way you are if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. You need to do an about-face. You need to turn away from your sins. You need to turn from self to God. Not only that, but you need a supernatural change in your life. Jesus says this in John chapter 3. He said, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So there it is again, right? Do you want to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus says, you must be born again. You must be born of God's Spirit. You must change. Because Jesus says, unless you change, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says something similar in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 15. He says, I'll tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. I want you to notice the word never in these verses. Okay? That's not my word. That's Jesus speaking. Never is a long time. There are no exceptions here. You cannot remain the way you are and enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, the disciples' attitude was all wrong here. They were even asking the wrong question, right? Because really, it doesn't matter who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The more important question is, who will enter the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus just ignores their first question. He answers the most important question first. So that's our first of four lessons this morning. Do you want to enter the kingdom of heaven? Then you must change. You must change and become like little children because unless you change, Jesus says you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Lesson number one. Our second lesson is this. You must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. Look at verse 4 with me now. Jesus says, Therefore, 
whoever humbles himself like this child. Remember, you still got the child just standing there. Whoever humbles himself like this child, that is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So now Jesus answers their original question. And you know what? It is not the answer they expected, right? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Whoever humbles himself like this child. Jesus says, you must humble yourself like a little child. Now, children have many positive characteristics that Scripture says we should emulate in our own lives. Positive characteristics such as their innocence, their simplicity, their purity, their faith. You know, children also have many negative characteristics that we're told to avoid in our lives, such as their self-centeredness, their immaturity, their lack of knowledge, their lack of wisdom. So you might be wondering, well, Jesus, in what way are we supposed to change and become like little children? And the main way that Jesus emphasizes for us in this passage is this whole area of Humility. Humility. Jesus says to humble yourself like a little child. That is to acknowledge your weakness before God and look to Him as your strength. Jesus has in mind the dependency of a child on others. Just as a child is completely dependent on his parents, so we are completely dependent on God. But we have to confess that. We have to admit that to him. So we're not to become like children in all ways. There's some ways that it's not good to be like children. We're not to become like children in all ways, but in one particular way. We are to come to God in dependent, trusting, childlike faith. That's how you enter the kingdom of heaven. That's how you were born again. You trust in God instead of in yourself. You trust in Jesus' death on the cross to cover your sins. You come to God in an attitude of dependency and faith. And you know what? That's also how you become great in God's kingdom. You humble yourself like a little child. Jesus says something very similar in Matthew chapter 23. He says, the greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Do you want to be great? Then make yourself small. Come to Jesus independent, trusting, childlike faith. Humble yourself like a little child. Because Jesus says, whoever does so, he says, that is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest? Whoever humbles himself is the greatest. So question for you this morning. Who humbled himself more than any other person in history? Jesus, right? So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus. We read this in Philippians chapter 2. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Not only because he is the son of God, but because he humbled himself more than anyone else has ever done. Now, you will never be as great as Jesus, right? None of us will. That's not the goal here. But the principle here is the same. The greatest in the kingdom is not the person who does the most or achieves the highest status here on earth. Jesus says you must humble yourself like a little child. Whoever does that, whoever humbles himself, that person is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we have lesson one from children. You must change. Lesson two from children. You must humble yourself. And now we come to lesson three. You must welcome. You must welcome. Look at verse 5 with me now. Where Jesus says, And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. So you see, it's not enough simply to humble yourself like a little child. You must also welcome the little children in Jesus' name. We are not only to become like little children, but we are to welcome, love, and protect them. You know, the ancient world had little patience for children. Sometimes they think our culture swings in the opposite direction. We can tend to make children the focus of everything, right? It's all about the children. You know what? Jesus balances these two extremes out perfectly. He says, welcome the little children in Jesus' name. Two things there. You welcome them, which means you don't ignore them. You don't despise them. You don't disparage them in any way. But how do you welcome them? You welcome them in Jesus' name, which means you do not idolize children either. And why do we do this? Why do we welcome the little children? Because that's what Jesus would do. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus loves the little children, and so should we. Now, Jesus is talking primarily about children in this verse, but in the context of the whole passage, the verses we've looked at and some of the verses we'll be looking at next week, Jesus' words actually extend beyond of the little children and also to all those who have become like little children. In other words, Jesus is also speaking about his followers. He's talking about those who have come to God in dependent, trusting, childlike faith. Jesus is not just talking about welcoming the little children in his name. He's also talking about welcoming believers in his name. His words apply not only to the little children here on earth, but to all the children of God, whatever their age. And that's going to become more clear to us next week when we look at verses 6 through 10. But for right now, we find a good, good example of this back in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, where Jesus said this. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Here Jesus uses that phrase, little ones, to refer to all of his disciples, not just little children. 
But the primary emphasis for us right now, right here in verse 5, is still on the little children. Don't, because Jesus still has his kids standing in the midst of them, right? Don't think of children as a burden or a curse. Jesus tells you to welcome the little children in his name. And then he gives us the motivation for the command, right? He says, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus identifies himself? with little children. Jesus says, when you welcome a little child, you welcome me. By extension, when you ignore or despise or harm or neglect or abuse a little child, you ignore, you despise, you harm Jesus as well. In the parallel passage to this in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus goes even further. Jesus says this, Luke 9, 48. He says, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all, he is the greatest. And so Jesus provides even additional motivation here. What you do for these children, you do for Jesus. What you do for Jesus, you do for God the Father who sent Jesus. Think of this, folks, to welcome a little child is to welcome Jesus. How would you treat Jesus if he walked in the back door right now, if he just walked right in here and joined us? How would you treat him? Would you welcome him? Of course you would. You'd give him a great big welcome, a great big hug. And if that's how you would treat Jesus, how do you treat the little children around you? That's our third lesson from children this morning. You must welcome the little children in Jesus' name. Because whoever welcomes a child in Jesus' name also welcomes Jesus. Then finally, we come to lesson four. You must bring. You must bring. And for this, we're going to jump ahead now to the next chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So the parents were bringing their their little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them to pray for them. The disciples tried to stop them. They obviously thought Jesus is too busy for this or, you know, these children are just not, they're not important enough to to interrupt his schedule. But Jesus said, let the little children come. Let them come. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And so this passage teaches us to bring the little children to Jesus. You know, it was common in those days for Uh, parents to bring their children to the rabbi to be blessed. This laying on of hands and prayer, this was an act of blessing. This was a way of seeking God's favor, his blessing upon your child. Why do we bring little children to Jesus? Same reason, you know, the parents in our passage today brought their children to Jesus. Lay your hands on my child, pray for them. We bring children to Jesus today asking Jesus still to touch them with his love, asking Jesus to plant the seeds in their little lives that will grow up to salvation. 
How do we do it? How do we bring the little children to Jesus today? The parents actually just brought them physically to Jesus. How do we do it? We bring children to Jesus by teaching them about God and his love. We bring children to Jesus by demonstrating God's love to them. We bring children to Jesus by praying for them and asking God's blessing upon them. We bring children to Jesus by teaching them about Jesus and how Jesus died for them to be their Savior. You know, it is so much easier to lead a child to Christ than an old, sin-hardened adult. So parents, I encourage you, I urge you, bring your children to Jesus. Raise them in the church and in the Lord. Grandparents, bring your grandchildren to Jesus. Pray for your grandkids and be a loving and godly example to them. Churches, bring the little children to Jesus. Pray for the children in your church. Pray for the children's ministry in your church. Give and volunteer where you can. Remember, Jesus rebuked his disciples for trying to stop the children from coming to him. Don't let Jesus rebuke you. We need to be concerned for the spiritual well-being of children. The British 19th century pastor, J.C. Ryle, wrote, he said, let us draw encouragement from these verses to attempt great things in the religious instruction of children. And let us begin from their very earliest years to deal with them as having souls to be lost or saved. And let us strive to bring them to Christ. Let us make them acquainted with the Bible as soon as they can understand anything. Let us pray with them and pray for them and teach them to pray for themselves. The seed sown in infancy is often found after many days. We read that beautiful verse from Psalm chapter 8 earlier in the service, Psalm 8, 2. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Once again, Jesus loves the little children, and so should we. And so this fourth lesson tells us, is, folks, we need to pass our faith on to the next generation. Parents, you need to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All of us bring the little children to Jesus. And and then finally, Jesus gives us one additional reason why we should bring the little children to him. He says it's because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That is, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have become like them, who have become like them. Little children. Jesus is speaking here again of those who humbly trust him for salvation rather than trusting in their own efforts or good works. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And who are the poor in spirit? They are those who recognize that we have nothing to bring to God except for our sin. They are those who gladly receive the free gift of salvation 
from Jesus' hand. They are those who have humbled themselves and become like little children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And then he placed his hands on them. He blessed them. He went on from there. This is such a beautiful passage with all of these verses from chapter 18 and 19. So simple to understand, so essential for us to apply. Children are often overlooked or viewed as a nuisance. Instead, Jesus says we need to take care of these little ones who are so helpless and dependent that we should love and welcome them as we would love and welcome Jesus himself. God loved us when we were helpless in our sin. We need to love the little children who are so helpless and dependent on us. And this certainly applies also to children in the womb. Children in the womb who are the most helpless and dependent children of all. And then today's passage also teaches us that we must become like little children if we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So let me close by asking you, are you a child of God? Are you one of God's children? Have you humbled yourself before him? Have you acknowledged your dependence upon him for all things? Have you confessed your sin and put your faith in Jesus who died on the cross to be your Savior? Jesus loves the little children. And he also loves those who become like little children by putting their trust in him. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this uh, first passage in our new series. This amazing, wonderful teaching. These four lessons about and from children. Lord, that touch us in so many important and profound ways. Lord, I pray that we would realize we need to change. If we're even going to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to change. If we want to be considered anybody important or great in the kingdom of heaven, we must change. We must humble ourselves. Lord, help us to love and welcome and protect the little children in our midst. Lord, help us to bring the little children to you. For you love them, and you want to bring them into your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.